In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Such a beautiful reading from Isaiah uh, is found today in our Old Testament lesson. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns, the voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice, together they sing for joy, for eye to eye they see, the return of the Lord to Zion, break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people, he has redeemed Jerusalem, the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our epistle lesson today is taken from Hebrews chapter 1. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you, or again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, the scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will all be changed, but you are the same and your years will have no end. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh 
and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, We've been working from the Gospel of Luke throughout the midweeks of Advent, also on Christmas Eve. And so even though our Gospel lesson is the Gospel of John and it will factor in heavily to what we talk about today, I'd like to just share with you uh, Luke chapter 2, 15 through 20. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Growing up, uh, I didn't really care that much for Christmas Day services. Um, I started playing trumpet at an early age uh, in, in uh, fourth grade. And so by sixth, seventh grade, I was regularly playing trumpet for my mother who played organ uh, for service. So she would schedule things, she would pick certain things, and then she'd have me play. And so I was, I was kind of her hostage. Uh, I had to go to every service whether I liked it or not. Um, I always liked Christmas Eve. We used to do a thing called Christmas Vigil, really late on Christmas Eve night, but that's kind of a hard thing to pull off nowadays. Um, I, that was my favorite service, was Christmas, midnight Christmas service, and then Christmas Eve. Uh, never really cared for Christmas Day as a kid, though, because, see, what we did in my family is we would uh, go to services, probably like, like we did here, like a 5 o'clock service. We'd go home. My mom would make oyster stew. That was a... Norwegian thing, apparently, and a couple other things. We'd sit and we'd eat uh, uh, various stuff. We, I grew up in a dairy farm, so of course a prime rib wasn't too hard to get your hands on. Uh, so we'd have that, and then we'd, and then my parents would say in a very delighted voice, uh, "No one's opening any presents until all these dishes are cleared and cleaned and and put away." So of course we're all feverishly cleaning dishes, putting them away. We get everything spick and span. Then we would go into the living room, open gifts. Christmas Day, all I wanted to do was stay at home and play with everything that I would gotten the night before, right? But no, my mom would rouse me out of bed. And here's the thing that really got me. Since I played trumpet and no one else played a brass instrument, I was the only one who had to go. Everyone else got to stay home. Yeah. <clears throat> so Christmas Day. But the funny thing has happened that as I've become a pastor and spent many, you know, these 12, 13 years in ministry, Christmas Day has grown to be one of my favorite services of the year. Because it's one of the only times that we really sit down and talk about the joy that is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. 
Now, that might be a big word for many of you. I'm sure you've probably heard it before. In fact, I, I almost always make a point to talk about the incarnation on Christmas Day. It's the perfect time to talk about it. And there's also a reason why Christmas Day is the time we have the Lord's Supper, right? Because he's present here now in bread and wine. But the incarnation was always the plan. We kind of picked that up from last night's service. We're reading in Adam and Eve, and God says, you know, I'm going to send a Savior, and he's going to bruise your head, O serpent. He's going to bring you down, take you off your throne. He's going to take away your power forever. This is a wonderful thing. Then Abraham is told later on, you will, this is from last night, you will be a blessing. We don't really know what that means, but God, of course, knows what that means, that through Abraham will come Jesus, and Jesus will be a blessing to all the nations. Then in Isaiah, we get this wonderful lesson, right? We read this again last night. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Talked a little bit about that last night. How is it that God can truly uh, live our life? Well, he becomes one of us. He knows our pains. He knows our struggles. He knows our difficulties. He knows the things we face because he became one of us. The greatest sign of love that God has ever shown to his people. This was always the plan. Always. We can even see it. Jesus tells us as much in John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. It was always God's will to send his son to be the incarnate Lord of us all. The incarnation shows us how much the Lord loves us. He sends his one and only precious son. Maybe, maybe there's, there's, there's a fathers and mothers out there who have only children and they don't look at them as precious. Well, I want to dispel this myth. Not only was Jesus God's only son, but Jesus was precious to God. If you want to think of it this way, he was God's most valued possession. There was nothing else that God loved more. And God the Father gave Christ up for us. He sent this precious possession to descend from heavenly realms, to breathe our poisoned air, to suffer the cold and the heat, the slings and the arrows from the very people he was sent to save. He was sent to save his people and his people hated him. That's what John was saying in the, in the Gospels today. He's saying he was sent to his people, but his own people didn't receive him. God is love. And he shows it to us in the most beautiful ways today that he sends his son to come down and dwell in human flesh for us. to Take on our sins. And in so doing, conquer them for us to give us forgiveness and salvation on the most cruel of instruments that we could imagine. He, he truly is our greatest gift. And this day was a great day. So during Advent, we've been talking about the beautiful songs in Luke, okay? We talked about the song of Zechariah, when he talks about the wonderful blessing of John the Baptist and the Christ. 
We talked about the song of the Magnificat, which is Mary giving thanks to God for all that he has done for her and how he has changed the whole world by this virgin conception of Jesus Christ in her very womb. We talked about the Nunc Dimittis, which actually happens after these events, happens in chapter uh, three, where Simeon receives Jesus as a small baby boy and gives thanks to God, you know, now I can depart in peace for I've seen the Lord. I've seen his plan of salvation. But you know, uh, we talked last night about the angels singing the most important song of it. You know, I kind of try to make a point of connecting those dots. In the place where we would normally sing the Gloria for Divine Service 3, I placed uh, angels we have heard on high. That's where the Gloria comes from. The angels singing glory to God for all that he has done, sending his Savior, sending his Son. But I imagine, this is kind of, this is where I might get a little off the beaten path. There was one more song. You might give me a little latitude on that Christmas day. I don't know how many of you have had the blessings of being a father, probably not all of you. Um, When you are a first time father, I remember when we brought Grayson home from the hospital, I think I got up that first night at least 15 times. Because Grayson was a surprisingly easy baby, yeah? It's just kind of funny how it's gone. We, we, you know, a lot of people, have, I think, have the experience where they have their hard babies and they get more experience and it gets easier as they go on. We've kind of had the opposite where <laughs> Grayson was really easy, Joy was kind of easy, Moses was crazy at times, and then just got progressively worse down the line. <coughs> Grayson was, was uh, we could leave her in a car seat and she would just sit there and occupy herself and fall asleep and... So that first night, you won't believe this, the first time we brought her home, I think she slept like six hours straight, which is bizarre for a baby. And I kept finding myself terrified, you know, because there's this thing called SIDS, right? We're worried that infants might stop breathing. So I kept creeping into the room and listening, and I'd hear that, that little, you know, that kind of short, shallow breaths that infants do. And every time I heard it, my heart would be at ease and I'd go back to sleep for another half an hour and I'd get up and do it again, you know, because she was just too quiet. I imagine that that probably was what it was like on that Sunday, on that, on that morning, that Christmas Day morning. The braying of the sheep, the lowing of the cattle, and the short, shallow breaths of an infant the reason why I say I think this is a wonderful song is because can you imagine going through all of this stuff, right? An angel visits Mary. An angel visits Joseph. Angels come and visit shepherds. Shepherds show up screaming and carrying on. By the way, that must have been really irritating. You're trying to put a baby to sleep and these shepherds show up. They're like, oh, you won't believe what happened to us, you know. All these things are going on, and I'm sure it's possible that Mary woke up that morning wondering if it was all a dream. It is too good to be true, isn't it? What have I done to deserve him? What have I done to deserve forgiveness or salvation at all? The answer is nothing. In fact, 
I've put more weight on the opposite end of the scale than I care to admit. I don't deserve this Savior. I don't deserve this salvation, forgiveness, and peace. But the day breaks, the dawn comes, and we hear that beautiful song. Yes, indeed. It wasn't a lie. It wasn't a dream. The Savior is with us. He breathes. His heart beats. He's lying in a manger for us. What a beautiful song that must have been to Mary and Joseph. I can't imagine. And yet, what a beautiful song it is for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you all very much. There's nothing you can do about it, but Lord's blessings be upon all of you.